Hello everyone. We are doing our first uh, podcast series uh, for neurophysiotherapy update, and for this series, our theme is bias in clinical decisions. There are more than hundred biases have been identified in clinical decisions when clinicians make uh, decisions about the choice of treatment or diagnosis. But we we have selected. few important biases that are very common that has a major impact today we are going to discuss about action bias uh, we have with us mr hariyom and we are going to uh, discuss with him welcome sir uh, hi okay so today uh, the bias what we are going to discuss is action bias now action bias means we have a bias towards taking an action that is uh, that we want to take action all the time that is in in a clinical setup it means uh, sending patient for investigations or doing it uh, that is doing a particular test or giving a particular treatment for any problem patient come up with now at the outset it may appear like what's wrong in it of course if the patient comes in we have to do a test and give a treatment but should we always take an action or giving a treatment is always the right choice uh, that is what this uh, action bias is all about uh, okay so what are your thoughts on action bias um uh, not a I'll just start from the beginning, I suppose. Uh, when you go to college, the first thing you learn is that you are treating uh, everybody, you are curing people, you are managing people. Uh, this is in any health uh, professional, whether it is uh, therapist or TPT, uh, clinical uh, psychologist or uh, neurosurgeon or anybody. Uh, so we have this inherent need, uh, and it has been, which is already in in us, in human beings, inherently there is a need to do something, and uh, which is uh, amplified by uh, our college education. I think uh, that's the, uh, I mean, the root cause of all evil. I suppose uh, is the college education of. Uh, doing things because he has come to us for treatment for help and we are there to uh, be the savior and change his uh, whatever it is um so that's the crux uh, of the problem and i think this where we have our uh, it's all right we if we have the best treatment uh, i suppose everybody wants to do it there is no mistake in it i think the, the the problem comes when um, when uh, self feeling structure a biological structure uh, when we can't understand whether it is uh, healing by itself or when we have done something to uh, uh, heal it uh, that is where uh, the whole problem starts right so in this uh, when uh, trying to understand action bias like i said it it counterintuitive Uh, not to take action, right? Uh, but but uh, 
if you get a little bit in depth into it, uh, in many cases, not doing anything is an appropriate decision. Uh, before getting into why, uh, let us look at what are the reasons that why we feel tempted to take action or why we always feel right to take action. Now, in literature, quite a few reasons they've identified. Why do we prefer action over inaction? One of the common reasons they uh, tell us that as a society, we view inaction as something wrong, that he didn't do anything, you know, that, that's something uh, wrong. That is one of the reasons people think that now that the norm is to take action, not doing so. As we live in a society, we, we always in a default mode is to do something about it. That is one of the reasons they are identified as a common reason for preferring action over inaction. Other reasons are uh, we always try to be or we, we have this need to be in control. So taking action also make us feel uh, uh, that we are in control of the situation, whether we are actually in control or not, that's a different thing, but it gives us that feeling, a, a, a certain level of confidence. The third reason uh, that they have uh, showing, uh, they're uh, suggesting is that we tend to overestimate the benefits and underestimate the harms. That's the biggest right. reason that why uh, we are uh, uh, want to take uh, because of course there is some kind of benefit in action but there are harms in it we tend to underestimate. So what do you think about overestimating benefits and underestimating the harms as a reason for action by? Uh, no, uh, no, I also think there's a just before that I'll just uh, 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 put my two cents also in it. Uh, one of the things uh, I think is also because evolutionarily, uh, if you think of ourselves being uh, hunter-gatherers or the early farmers or something like that, if you just uh, sit back and if there was some sort of danger uh, lurking in and when you're into the bushes and the bushes are shaking, and if you just thought that, okay, nothing will happen and I will just sit around, if it were, uh, becomes a, I mean, uh, your unlucky day and it was a mammoth or a tiger or something like that, you would be eaten. So uh, doing something, even if you are wrong, um, is actually evolutionarily very, very important for us. It's all right to be, uh, have a false positive or a false negative. If you are wrong, that's all right for us. So basically, uh, I just wanted to ask that you are, you are saying that it, it might be it evolutionarily we have developed uh, as an intuition that's ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, but this is just my thought is that that seems to have some value when a person has to take a decision for himself. But mm -hmm. in clinical decisions, uh, that we are taking decisions for others. So. But at the same time, we are still taking action. Are we trying to protect ourselves or trying to uh, protect patients? No, uh, you are right. Uh, even 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 uh, even if it is for the societal needs, say for example, you are the leader of the hunter gathering group. You make the decision for the whole group, right? So it's not just a, you are uh, the whole thing. It is 
the whether the uh, the problem is a known or an unknown problem. Yeah, yeah. Right. If it is a known problem, I can have an idea about uh, what can, what are my options and uh, uh, what can be the outcome if I do something, if I do something, and things like that. But if I don't have a, a idea, what is the danger? Say, for example, if I don't have the slightest clue what is behind the uh, bushes, then it is always better to do an action. But here, uh, after millennia of evolution, uh, we are we know a lot of things about uh, the problem and the possible outcomes. So we have a better chance of uh, doing a, a intelligent or a, a educated uh, decision rather than just doing it uh, intuitively or something like that. Uh, I think action bias also helps uh, clinicians uh, to uh, help them deal with this uncertainty. That is, if you're taking action means that, you, again, it gives you some control or a sense of control that you have over situation. Uh, uh, so if I have to understand what you mean, uh, what you're meaning by having the knowledge of what is the likely uh, outcome of the decision. So if clinicians start recognizing the uncertainty in the outcome of decision, so do you think that might in some way help to minimize action bias? Uh, I'm not sure because uh, what it what it tells us is that uh, it gives you the illusion that you are in control of the outcome. Yeah. Uh, that is, uh, okay, I have done something. Uh, you are just standing there. Uh, even though if somebody is falling from 10th uh, floor, uh, if you are putting your hand out, it doesn't it doesn't help at all. Uh, actually, they may actually uh, break your hand. You both of you might uh, suffer, but we know that we are trying something. So there is an uh, innate feeling that I have tried something, and you are just standing there, uh, that kind of thing. But as I told you, there is a difference between, say, for example, trying to put the brake and not trying at all. Uh, that's a different situation. But here we know that in biology that something happens by itself in many conditions or in many situations. Uh, that is, it goes to the equilibrium, it goes towards the normal, it goes towards uh, the homeostasis, whatever way we, word we use. So I think we actually read that, but we just don't follow it. Or we have that split in our mind. Uh, <laughs> we just don't follow it. Uh, the simplest example, uh, if people are very confused is, um, if you have a pediatrician and if you take a child mm -hmm. with a cold and sort of mild fever and if he gives you a treatment, he's an idiot. Uh, he should tell you to, uh, he should uh, give you a, a good education. He should uh, make you less anxious. He should tell you that in two, three days, if something, everything will go back, uh, just have to wait it out until that time you do some simple uh, homemade remedies, that kind of thing, right? So, because a lot of people have said that, no, 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 we want to do something and make it better, 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 better. We know that we have ended up with uh, antibiotic resistance. 
the uh, the whole of uh, uh, abuse of antibiotics starts with an idea that uh, at least I tried uh, from that idea of at least I tried tried to do what uh, in reference to what yeah the the recent example for why action can cause harm or uh, I mean large harm is uh, remdesivir for uh, COVID, right? Because despite having clear evidence, not like unclear evidence, people have no both sides, despite having clear evidence that remdesivir has no role in any of the outcome, whether it's going to prevent death or reduce severity or whatsoever, this is everybody, everyone, I mean, the doctors and uh, uh, experts, everybody recommended it, which has led to uh, acute shortage. A lot of people spent money. Uh, some of the people whom I've known spent like 10,000 and 12,000 rupees for uh, uh, remdesivir doses. So much of money. If we, we can't simply, of course, why they all did it? Because they thought it can do something, except that it, it cannot. So this is one recent example of why inaction is actually good. Again, here inaction means not allowing patients to die, but waiting for things because there is no other uh, option is there. We could have saved a lot of uh, anxiety and this, we have this uh, uh, rumor going around social anxiety has been spread around. Governments were forced to act. So much of uh, damage has been done despite knowing that it doesn't work. Yeah, and also, uh, 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 if you um, uh, look at the alternate, yeah. uh, say, for example, when I told about the child, uh, what do you do if a child has fever, uh, shows low, uh, and give a lot of fluids? Uh, that kind of thing is the alternate. The alternate is not just uh, look and just see the patient. Uh, it is active observation, active monitoring of the patient. A lot of people don't understand that monitoring is, uh, it's an action, right? Uh, that is also very, very vital. Uh, you just wait and be very, very, uh, uh, they say they, you put your uh, eyes on the patient so specific. Uh, even if there is a there is a change in the oxygen levels or things like that, just keep on monitoring. That is what is the alternate. The alternate is not just thinking of okay, let him yeah. die. We are not talking like that. Right? that that's a common misunderstanding, isn't it? When we say inaction, it just means that okay, uh, let God uh, uh, take care of it. It, it doesn't. <laughs> like to to be in right. to decide not to do something requires uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, intelligence and uh, their ability to think and take a right decision. It is not just about closing the eyes and uh, just let nature take its own course. Correct. Uh, if you are playing cricket, if you hit the ball up, it's yeah. going to come down. There's no. <laughs> you don't have to jump there. It's going to come to you, right? You just have to wait for it. Um, in, I'll just uh, add on the uh, common uh, action bias we have in physiotherapy. Uh, the first and foremost action bias, that's what I had, and uh, I think everybody has, is any element lesion and electrical stimulation. Uh, 
yeah. uh, we think that uh, people ask what uh, what what will you do in early stage what functional training nothing can be done when nothing can be done the right. what can do that is common question to ask we are not asking the question uh, okay you are doing something to do what yeah. what are we expecting from them right and this is where i think uh, we are going to have a tillingal meet tomorrow and we are going to talk about recovery we are not we are not, we don't know what is recovery in a in a sense uh, we don't know what we are expecting we are throwing something and thinking that something will come out of it and what is that something most of the time we don't have a and, and also people don't uh, people think that they are doing something but when you are giving electrical stimulation whether it's lmn or umn during acute stage it can actually contribute to harm to recovery because in a supporting yeah, sure. patient uh, a, a remain passive it includes for whether electrical stimulation or passive movement anything we do we are just uh, uh, telling the patient without telling that you just have to lie down so this can be yeah. really promote uh, uh, detrimental to recovery yeah exactly and uh, the uh, uh, it's the uh, it, it, it is that kind of thinking uh, which is prevalent not just in uh, uh, just one part of physiotherapy it's everywhere uh, again going back to the covid example uh, if you think of hacking clapping and uh, breathing exercise and all those things uh, it's all uh, just a waste of time but we all want to show that physiotherapy is here for who i don't know i understand probably we want to feel as though we are part and parcel of uh, preventing the pandemic and uh, uh, sadly some of the people in uh, in in tamil nadu also went and said that we will reduce the oxygen need if you have it's all well and good but there is there is nothing to show to that that uh, it actually happens so if you have uh, if you have if you have not done any of those things in the icu uh, nothing would have happened so what i'm trying to say is sometimes what happens is we have an action bias and that action bias is stopping us from looking for other alternatives uh, exactly uh, that is what right. is the key problem that if we always work in a default mode that is what comes first to you where you are uh, the action bias is stopping us from considering alternate options so action bias doesn't mean that don't do anything but there can be mm. very well important options are there but it it stops us from considering and i just want to clarify because we use the word biased uh, bias a lot but i think there's a lot of misunderstanding about the word bias because in general yeah. terms we say somebody is biased because he is uh, uh, favoring one person over another yeah. uh, so on yeah. so this is not that kind of bias when we talk this cognitive yeah. bias it is it is unconscious yeah common bias we say that somebody is deliberately favoring favoritism and that's not the bias we are talking about clearly most clinicians uh, doesn't really know and also i i think you cannot take away any of our biases yeah. uh, in our clinical decision making or even in uh, any of our lines we can just be careful about it uh, these biases because it 
it's unconscious it will creep in yeah. the only thing we have to be is we have to be aware that all our decisions are based on some sort of biases in our uh, ingrained in our brain yeah exactly uh, uh, we need to understand that this bias having knowledge about bias doesn't take away bias say for example yeah. i am sure i have action bias too or yeah. uh, he is also action bias having action because we are humans we the cognitive bias or yeah. in a way it helps us but since we yeah. have evolved along that some of it what was helping us is now it's becoming a problem but having yeah. the knowledge over bias uh, it it makes you self aware when you're taking addition you might want to check okay am i doing this because it's yeah. do or am i doing this because i feel better and you know I, i want to be in control that way we can minimize this bias that's the whole idea about we can't just take away uh, bias from us correct um that's why i thought like a zen uh buddha ஒன்னுங்க <laughs> Uh, likewise i think uh, it feels as though we have done some uh, uh, therapisting or something like <laughs> um the other action bias i i think is uh, uh, in doing a lot of tests that is the sort of a broader sense in doing what? whether it is a lot of tests okay tests okay right uh, whether it is uh, x rays mri uh, whole of okay. the baggy book on uh, on a patient to find out this or that um, to be thorough that kind of things um because uh, we all know that these tests are not 100 percentage uh, so the more the test you do uh, more findings you will get uh, more nonsense we are going to do to our patients and also a uh, lot of times i i see this in uh, in in back pain and oani and things like that uh, they come and say no we took an x ray and uh, it's all good uh, there is nothing a problem um, and uh, we took an x ray mri and we found out that this is uh, it's all well and good uh, did your auto uh, change the tablet it's all the same uh, uh nsd or opioid or uh, some other crap which uh, which is pumping uh, it's also the same with physicians uh, also uh, what did you do with an x ray or what did you do with the pathology most of the time okay uh, this example uh, uh, i think it brings to my next and the final question is that the action bias is not just uh, clinicians uh, involvement it is also the patients who want yep. actions to be taken so i am sure many of our listeners uh, this question might have already has come that even if we say no the patient insists to take action so how do we deal with that uh the sometime back i asked a question in the facebook uh, what is a consultant right uh, now uh, a consultant uses or impacts knowledge on a problem 
yeah. uh, impacts that knowledge and sort of gives a solution for that. Uh, so makes you aware of the options problem. that are available. Correct, correct. Uh, and also makes you understand about the whole, yeah. whole, whole problem also, right? Uh, you get a consultant for the alignment of the train tracks, uh, in which way the tracks could, which areas it should go, whether there is a road there, that kind of thing, right? So when you see a consultant or when you see an expert, or I'm talking uh, expert as any person with a medical degree, hmm. uh, with a BPT, MPT, BOT, or anything. Now, what they are asking you is, what should I do? They are not asking you do something. Mm, yeah. They are asking you, what should I do, right? Uh, so if you see in that way, what should I do? The patient is asking me, what should I do? Then the answer will be clearer. If yeah. you are thinking they have come to me to uh, do something, that is where we are all in trouble. And if you are a consultant, a proper consultant, uh, if it goes higher and higher, they tell you the problem, they make you understand. And they, uh, so if, if, if we have that change in our attitude, half of it will be, uh, uh, will be okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was uh, yeah, even uh, the, another uh, Facebook share, which I have recently done is that where a patient asks for an electrical stimulation for a, 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 a lower motor neuron patient mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. because he received in previous places. So when he yeah. asked for it, I have politely refused an electrical stimulation saying that exercises is, uh, I, 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 simply, I basically told him that exercise is what you need. Uh, that is what is having a higher benefit and receiving electrical stimulation, uh, your recovery chances are very poor. Right. And the uh, patient, again, uh, the thing is, sometimes when we explain patient, we are saying it in a moment, at that moment, patient doesn't think and come to, okay, uh, they won't, yeah. they, sometimes they might not even be listening completely. So uh, after, within the second, he kept insisting that previously I have had, why don't you give and so on. So I've, I've made him an offer, okay, okay, if you're very insistent, I will give, but give me two weeks time. You take right. for a couple of weeks, if no changes yeah. happen, then let us consider yeah. your options too. So that made him right. think that, okay, we, we are just not saying no, we are also considering his views, uh, even though I right. disagree, but it is his preference. But it's a sort of right. negotiation what we have had. And in this case, actually patient, he started feeling better as he started walking and move on. Mm -hmm. And then eventually he stopped insisting mm -hmm. and it, it's a positive experience. And I'm sure in some cases it may not be as positive, but we needed to be able to communicate effectively, not to think that patient won't accept all the time, even though like- Yeah, exactly. Accept, of course, yes, but yeah. No, no, I, I completely agree. I have a lot of patients who have uh, not agreed with uh, what I have told them um, because they had their own uh, uh, biases, which was uh, which was incorporated uh, probably from from the childhood, also from the uh, 
physician or surgeon they saw before me, right? So uh, this is not a black and white uh, issue of, okay, we have to go here or that or something but like that. The, the point, uh, but at the same time- uh, uh, Once again, uh, the point here, what uh, I think people have to understand is that not every patient would go away. We need, yeah. to, we need to understand that there is a lot of patients who can actually listen. Just because one or two patients of your going away, you don't have to shut up your, yeah, exactly. your, uh, your clinical practice. Does it end up, some people are anxious that it always happens. Uh, I mean, I'll have to stop my practice and so on. You get different kind of patients. That's all which will happen. You, def uh, you develop <laughs> different kind of image you will get that kind of patient who would really want to. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, and also, the, uh, the, there are uh, uh, the, one of the uh, problems in this is we, we keep on thinking that if you come 10 days or 20 days, then only it gets better. So again, it's not just a problem of uh, the knowledge or anything else. It's just that the tradition of uh, the 10 days therapy uh, yeah. Uh, has made us feel that if we don't take 10 days treatment, if they don't come every day, if they don't come uh, without fail, then only they will get better. Uh, I think these are uh, uh, these are the things which we can easily change uh, before getting into uh, what will I do out of 10 patients, two patients are not listening to me, what will I do with them? First, we will try with the eight patients, then we'll go to the two patients. All right, so I think that's the uh, end of our discussion. So just to summarize, we are discussed the action bias. And do not mistake action bias for not taking any action or just uh, taking our hands off and so on. But it is about not always act on a default mode and consider alternate options and choose better options. and. Uh, as um, Shariyum was pointing out, if we have to truly act like a consultant, an expert consultant who explains the problem, who unpacks the problem and explains what are the issues, what are the probable causes and what are the available solutions and also what is the best available solution given the context, given the patient and help patients make decisions. It is true that some patients uh, may not may insist you make a decision, or it is true that some patient may not accept the decision that we are taking. But the, uh, but the thing is, it, it 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 doesn't have to be. I mean, every patient need not say. And we are having a lot of people who practice this way. So don't think that uh, we are in the minority who who practices this. Quite a lot of people have a very successful practice too. Just that we are uh, we are worried concerned that it might not work, but uh, to, the, uh, to the betterment of our patients, uh, we should start considering alternate options and choose the best one. Uh, do you want to have any final? Uh... Yeah. I just want to um, uh, re-emphasize that uh, healing happens by itself. What you are doing is, uh, um, managing the discomfort, uh, managing the environment, uh, the micro environment and also the macro environment uh, in such a way that uh, the healing is promoted. 
and they are in little bit of uh, as little as discomfort as they are. You are not uh, healing their patient. Remember that most of it. Okay, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, let us know how do you like it. Bye bye. Bye bye.